Hello, and welcome to AO Squared's podcast on understanding Alzheimer's on the elderly African-American community. We are here with Ajayla Evans, Odette Nawe, and Olivia Payne. Hello, I'm Odette Nawe. And I'm Ajayla Evans. And I'm Olivia Payne. Alzheimer's is recognized as a chronic disease that begins with a pathologic process characterized by deposits of abnormal proteins in the brain and the absence of any detectable cognitive impairment, followed by subtle impairment, and then obvious mild cognitive impairment with dementia representing the end stage of the disease. Alzheimer's is considered to be a subtype of dementia. According to the American Association of Retired Persons, also known as AARP, dementia is a major overaching diagnosis encompassing many different types of memory loss, whereas Alzheimer's is a more specific diagnosis or subtype. It is critical to access this disease due to the increasing rate of elderly African Americans affected by the disease. Although it is one of the most prevalent types of dementia, there is still a major lack of information pertaining to Alzheimer's. Not only does this disease strip one of their ability to remember, it also prevents them from living alone and makes it harder for people to care for them, as well as their mood and personality. Today, we are focusing on understanding Alzheimer's in the elderly African-American community to promote potential prevention methods, as well as early detection methods. Okay, so let's get into what this disease really is, what, bio- what is biologically happening in the brain, and how it affects those diagnosed psychologically, physically, and emotionally. The AARP, the American Association of Retired Persons, explains that Alzheimer's destroys memory and thinking skills. It proceeds to take away the, the ability to carry out simple tasks. Yes, that is correct. The brain deteriorates to almost a toddler-like level where they can't do a lot of normal, simple tasks they could once complete. They often get confused and don't remember the people in their lives. This disease can be very detrimental to a family because not only do your loved ones not remember them, they don't remember their life and important events. This lack of memories can be extremely frustrating for both the diagnosed and the people around them. Repeatedly, they are told stories and have life experiences that they quickly forget. A lot of times, they don't even know that something is wrong with them because they forget soon after being reminded. This causes further strain because they're often in denial or cannot understand that there's anything wrong with them per se. Another major symptom besides the memory loss can be delusions and or hallucinations. Not in every case, but a fair amount have more issues than just the basic forgetfulness that is often publicized and understood as the only repercussion of this disease. The DSMV, also known as the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, 5th edition, details delusions as beliefs not found in reality. Hallucinations are said to be sensory experiences in the absence of the appropriate sensory stimuli. So basically, these people are seeing, hearing, and believing things that aren't real, but for them, they feel extremely real. This puts further stress onto the family. I have a friend whose father has Alzheimer's, and he suffers from delusions and hallucinations as well. Often I hear stories of how these delusions have been so stressful. He suffers from a specific type of delusions and hallucinations that focus on escapism. These patients can feel trapped or captive in their own home or treatment center and feel desperate to get away. 
My friend's father used to just run out of the front door of the house to escape his wife. He would tell her that she wasn't really his wife and then try to get away from her. I also have a friend whose cousin-in-law suffers from Alzheimer's and she typically forgets where she is as well as the people around her. This makes her want to return home, not realizing that in most cases she isn't, where, isn't aware of her actual surroundings. One time at a party, she kind of just left the scene and walked all the way to the airport using the highway and all with the hopes of returning home. She was found by a stranger and since there was a missing person report issued out, she was able to be returned to her family safely. Oh my, that's so horrifying. I can really see how something like this can tear apart a family. Over and over again, being told that you're not someone that you are by your loved one and seeing that fear and terror in their face and not being able to do anything to comfort them, it's just so sad. Well, how do you fight or combat things like this? Because they have become so simple-minded, there are some temporary solutions that may seem extremely basic but get the job done. My friend's mother was just told to cover the doorknob with a sock. By doing this, he doesn't even realize that it's a door and that that is a key to escape. This will keep him in the house and prevent him from getting into any trouble by running into a busy street or just getting lost in general. Wow. I've also heard that you should try to investigate the delusion instead of just ignoring or dismissing it as if they're being crazy. This is crucial because the patient will continue to be frustrated and freak out if their caretaker doesn't believe them. This can lead to them thinking that their caretaker is against them as well. By trying to figure out more about the hallucinations, you may be able to take small steps to prevent these episodes from reoccurring. That's fascinating and extremely upsetting. Unfortunately, this disease is not the simplest to diagnose. Tests and scans are only run when a doctor has begun to notice atypical behavior in a patient. This creates a major reliance upon the families and friends of those people to notice the atypical behavior and to bring them into the doctor. Once there is a probability or even a possibility that this person could quietly be suffering with Alzheimer's, they start testing. Currently, they're using the new PET scan to look at the brain and this test can diagnose Alzheimer's with about 95% accuracy. Across America, many African American communities do not receive the funding and access to health care that they deserve. This means that their issues are often overlooked and they don't really have the access to get diagnosed and or treated for this disease. The lack of access puts an even, even larger strain on these families because they are forced to provide and take care of this person. According to the National Institutes of Health, the prevalence rate of dementia in people in their 60s is 1%. However, this rate rises to 35% when they reach age 90. They continue on to report that almost 60% of cases with dementia end up with the subtype of dementia that is Alzheimer's. Further exploring national statistics, the Center for Disease Control states that African Americans age 65 and up have the highest prevalence rate out of any racial, racial group. They report that about 13.8% of African Americans ages 65 and up suffer from Alzheimer's and other related dementias. Research has been known to show that Alzheimer's is highly comorbid with depression, diabetes, and smoking. These diseases, disorders, and habits increase the risk of cognitive decline that can directly lead to Alzheimer's. Depression and diabetes are also extremely common in African-American communities, so this raises their diathesis or predisposition towards getting dementia. Smoking and tobacco products are also targeted towards low-income 
and African-American neighborhoods. Another thing that is contributing to the growing epidemic of Alzheimer's in our country, not to mention the major genetic factors as well. According to the National Institute on Aging, you have about a 50-50 chance of inheriting Alzheimer's if one of your parents has it. So not only does it heavily affect your parent, there's a high possibility that you could get it and then your children inherit it as well. This disease can run rampant through a family for years and years. Overall, this disease can really tear apart a human with its destruction of the brain. AO Squared listeners, Olivia here with this week's sponsor, Life Alert. Have you ever fallen and not been able to get back up? Or do you fear it could happen to you? Well, Life Alert is the product for you. It's a little button that you can carry on your person. If you fall or need immediate help, you just press the button and emergency services will be on their way to you. And luckily for you, we have a special deal. You can save up to 30% on your first six months when you go to www.lifealert.com slash AO2. That's www.lifealert.com slash AO2. Thanks. Now back to the podcast. On the awareness of Alzheimer's, we created a survey asking the following questions. Are you familiar with Alzheimer's? What do you already know about Alzheimer's? Is anyone in your family diagnosed with Alzheimer's? And lastly, what race do you identify with? We sent this survey, this survey out to the UGA community asking about their knowledge of Alzheimer's as well as its effects throughout the African American community within Athens and in general. Our results demonstrated that a lot of people on campus are familiar with Alzheimer's. 84% of those surveyed were aware and 16% weren't. The majority identify Alzheimer's as a form of dementia, a mental illness that leads to memory loss, a disease common among elders, possibly genetic, and degenerates over time as you age until you can't remember anything at all. Out of the people that responded to the survey, 76% of their families aren't diagnosed with Alzheimer's and 24% of them are. Out of the feedback received, 44% are black slash African American, 24% are white, 12% Hispanic or Latino, and 16% Asian, and 4% Pacific Islander. As we know, but many of you may not know, the effects of Alzheimer's on African Americans are life-changing and sometimes fatal. Alzheimer's disease is the fourth leading cause of death for African Americans. This race is more susceptible than other races to get Alzheimer's due to the environmental conditions, hereditary factors, and medical conditions. Environmental conditions such as educational achievement, income, and sociocultural factors were proven to increase the likelihood of developing this disease. Alzheimer's itself does not kill the person with the disease. Alzheimer's destroys the nerve connections in the brain, making ordinary tasks like swallowing impossible. These complications cause the decline of total brain function and can eventually lead to death. The federal government helps out 
a little with costs, but ultimately it's not really enough to help these people. Medicare will cover some of the costs, but not all. They pay for about 80% of tests in the early stages of dementia, but that last 20% isn't covered. Throughout the middle stages, Medicare continues to cover prescription medications as well as doctor visits, but commonly family, families start to search outside of traditional medica- medicine for solutions here, but they must come up with the funds on their own. Therapies like acupuncture and personal care are left up to the patient to figure out. In the final stages, the restrictions get tighter. This is when patients need around-the-clock care, whether it's at home or at a nursing home. Whatever the case, Medicare won't pay for it. They only pay for that type of care for 100 days following hospitalization. The federal government should be doing significantly more to help these people that cannot help themselves. Dementia will continue to grow as a global issue more and more throughout the next decades to come. It may even reach levels that are twice the amount of affected individuals currently in 2019. Although there is some research that goes into the factor of Alzheimer's, the reality is that it isn't detected soon enough. Individuals are typically already well on the pathway of dementia by the time that they are aware that anything is changing within them. Comorbid brain diseases that often lead to more intense symptoms are known to be a major reason that the prognosis of this disease is brought to light. The member academies of IAP for Health are focusing attention on the necessity of engaging in an action plan for dementia, which is balanced and designed to address all aspects of of the challenge, especially the wellness of those living with dementia and their caregivers. With knowledge and awareness of these challenges, we can move forward with this idea of public intervention. So let's hear some ideas for some policy implications that would help this community and all of those facing difficulty with Alzheimer's. Well, for one, I believe that we should establish national Alzheimer's plans. What plans should be established? Or better yet, what would they provide? I believe that they should focus on ensuring the care to these people. It's such a difficult disease to deal with, especially in the way that it financially and emotionally affects a family. We as a country should do something to make this situation more bearable and less devastating than it is in this current state. I agree wholeheartedly. I also think that we should increase investment in national research programs on Alzheimer's. This disease currently has no cure and current treatments are not the most efficient towards helping this population and leading a normal and healthy life. Absolutely. We need to pour more money and resources into this problem because it is a brutal disease and can tear a family apart as well as ruin your ideas of a person. I think that this research and this funding increase should extend into other aspects of Alzheimer's and elder memory diseases. For example, dementia also deserves this attention and research. Olivia, do you have any more recommendations? Yes. I think we need to do more to actively prevent or at least prolong the onset of Alzheimer's. More research needs to be done on preventative factors and things that can be done for risk reduction. Hopefully we can lessen the course and duration of this disease. I also feel like it's crucial to ensure that it is possible to live a prosperous and full life with Alzheimer's and throughout the progression of dementia. So from what I've gathered, our main takeaways are that access to prevention and care should be made available to all individuals, the affected and the unaffected. Through our research and this podcast, we hope to shed more light on the aging African-American population. We want to raise awareness to help to get them the assistance and care that they need and deserve.
Absolutely. This is especially important within the African-American population because they can often be overlooked and not get the necessary care. By bringing forth these new ideas for earlier detection and prevention methods, we hope to slow the spread of Alzheimer's in America. Overall, this podcast is intended to help the elderly population age gracefully and get the national coverage and assistance that they deserve in order to live a full and prosperous life. This population faces great challenges under their current health circumstances, including their physical and emotional suffering, family strain, and issues with healthcare providers. We hope that our podcast has helped and educated you on how to approach Alzheimer's and possible courses of action in terms of prevention and care availability to all individuals. Finally, we would like to reiterate that it is possible to live, with, live well with Alzheimer's and the progression of dementia, and this diagnosis does not mean that you or your loved one's life is over. Thank you for tuning in to AO Squared's podcast on Alzheimer's and how it affects the African-American community. Make sure to subscribe on wherever you find your podcast, and don't forget to leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. Come back next week for our episode depicting the effects of vaping on middle and high schoolers. And don't forget about the effects of Alzheimer's, especially in the African-American community.